0: Good evening, the way our scripture reading for today is from Genesis three eleven through 13 And he said who told you that you were naked have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from And the man said the woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it And the Lord God said to the woman. What is this? You've done the woman said the serpent deceived me and I ate this is the word of the Lord All right, we are uh, week two of a series that we're calling Nine Questions That God Asks Us. Nine Questions That God Asks Us. And uh, a controlling, uh, cool quote from uh, T.S. Eliot from his Choruses on the Rock uh, says this, Oh my soul, be prepared for the coming of the stranger. Be prepared for him who knows how to ask questions. There is a deep, deep art in a question that uncovers something in your heart that we may not even have known about ourselves until someone asks it. When God asks us these questions, we said last week, it is, <laughs> he is not in the search or of gaining knowledge that he doesn't have. Okay, when God asks these questions, these questions are for us, and the answers are for us. They're not even for him. The answers are for us, too. All right, so the question for this week, let's jump into it. Uh, Dan read it for us. There was actually three questions in the text, but there's a first question that does n- never gets answered by Adam and Eve. And that question is this, who told you that you were naked? Which, that seems like an odd-sounding question to seem, because Pastor Tim thinks that's oddly profound, (laughs) right? That seems like an odd thing to center on. Uh, Now, what I'm about to tell you is that this, what I'm about to tell you contains massive spoilers about the Bible, Okay, so if you haven't read this part and you don't know the story, I am going to ruin a lot of the plot line for you. Okay, here it is. Um, This is what happens first is God speaks and brings into existence a luscious environment of awesome. Okay, so that is a tree of life that I got off of a a cool animated YouTube video from the Bible Project. You can't—it's not animated there, but there it is. There's the picture, and it's—it's—it's where there is unfrustrated work. Relationships are perfect. There's no drama. There's no trauma. It's this is a just where life works. Okay, Uh, and then there is this other tree. So there's a tree of life that they can get fruit from, but there's another tree. So it's in the foreground, and that super awesome tree of life is in the background, and there's another tree that's depicted here in that purplish hue. And that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It itself is not evil. It's just its fruit will give the knowledge of good and evil And God says this, and I don't know why (laughs) it's presence in the garden. I don't have full worked out theories of why it exists. That is above my preacher pay grade. But he does say this, if you were to ever eat of that fruit, there would just, things would go, there would be, it would be ruinous. You wouldn't be able to handle it. And so, here's the spoilers. So, this slick serpent, he says this, he knows that, he comes to Eve and he says, look, God knows that if you ate of this fruit, you would be like him. That's why he doesn't want you to have that fruit, because you'll be like him if you taste it, and you too have this knowledge of good and evil. So, Eve thinks on this and she says and I'm paraphrasing what we see in the text is that she knows that she is in a luscious good place but what if there exists a possibility where I am super awesome and I've enjoyed God. I know God to be enjoyable. But what if I was the enjoyment too? What if? So she's convinced, spoilers, and she goes, I'm gonna get that. And here, babe, try a slice of this juicy fruit. Like you too. Like I I want this, you should do it too. All right, here's the massive spoiler. They did eat it. And it spoiled everything right, Uh, everything, every single thing that you currently hate about life, um, lying, cheating, stealing, predatory practices on people that are weak, stuff, relationships on the rocks, systemic injustices, everything, everything that now wears the weight of brokenness and crackedness, everything that you can't stand when you get up and you get mad about, yeah, that, now this is huge, that's where it begins, like, I know you think it probably begins with maybe your spouse or your coworker or your crazy boss. But that's where it begins. Right there. And immediately, check this out. They know it. it says, the text says something came off their eyes. Like, they saw good and evil they saw good and evil for the first time. And this is what's crazy, is they can't handle that they now know. They don't actually know what to call good and what to call evil. They know it exists, but they can't even differentiate between what is good and bad. They can't handle it. They can't handle it. And so what? They begin this process of building a family, a unit and cultures that are just gonna be, that bear the weight of total ruination. But this is what happens immediately, so when they finally know it, this is amazing. I want you to catch this, because this is attached to the question, is they scram. They leave the scene of the crime. God has not told them anything. They now know good and even, and they're like, let's bail. Right, they they, they hide out, and they actually start collecting fig leaves and stitching them together. No one's told him anything, right? This is, this is first fast fashion right here, <laughs> all right? So God's walking. They know the sound. I don't know what that was, but they know the sound of what it's like when God is near. And God draws near, and he asks that first question, who told you that you were naked? That's his first question. Now notice, there's zero accusa- There's no accusation. There's no like, what have you, what you have, what have you, no, no, he says, who told you that you were naked? It's the very first question, and they don't answer it. They don't answer it. Do you know why? Because this first question is that hard. It's that hard. They totally avoid it. They answer the second question by getting the focus off themselves, like, um, Have you eaten the fruit? And and Adam's like she made me do it. And and Eve is like whoa the serpent totally played me, got me, deceived me. He made me. That's why I did it. Like blame shift, right? And that should give us a hint about how hard that first question is. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you? Paraphrase. Where did you guys get all that shame? Where did you get all that shame? Who who's talking? Who's talking to you? What voice is bigger than my voice? Whose voice is bigger than my voice? I said it was good. This is huge. This is, this is what I want you to get about this question. Is he is asking Adam and Eve and you and me and us. Who are you listening to if it is not me? Now, I, I want to catch that. You have to catch what's going on here. So throughout the Bible there is one term for Satan that is used far and away more than any of the other ones, and it's the accuser. That is his main role, and his main job is to accuse. You did it. You did it. Now, that is true, but that hasn't happened here yet. So I want, to, I want you to catch how big that is, but it's not here in this text. So, the serpent didn't tell them to start stitching fig leaves. Whose voice are you listening to if it's not mine? And it's not the accuser this time. Right? The, the, the serpent didn't tell them to start making fig leaf hoodies and fig leaf sundresses and fig leaf accessories. Like, he, didn't, he didn't say that. This question is huge because do you know what it shows us? It shows us that our shame starts with us. We listen to self-condemnation before we will hear the bigger voice of God. Um, this, I want you to get this. I get the weight of this. This is before God renders any like, consequential impact from what just happened. He hasn't said anything about that. And they are condemning themselves before God even does it. That is shame. Who told you you were naked? <laughs> it was me. Me told me. I told me. <laughs> That's how I answer this question. I told myself I was naked. Um, listen to this here. There is a looping, I don't know what you call it, a track, digital or real, that loops in my head. And you know what it says? It says, Tim, you're not working hard enough. You are not fixing stuff, Tim. And this is shame. You are never enough, Tim. That loops through me. It's a perennial problem that I have. In disbelieving good news, Tim, you, and this is the shame, is Tim, you are not enough. You will never be enough. So, what are my fig leaves? Because I can stitch fig leaves better than they do in the garment district in downtown. Oh tim you 're not working hard enough so what, what what's the what's my fig leaf? work harder of course get up earlier, go to bed later that'll do the trick that'll fix the shame problem or or when I get totally exhausted, what will I do? I will numb myself i won't tell you all of the <laughs> Scores of numbing possibilities that I have. I would venture to guess that they overlap with what? Like three of yours? <laughs> More. <laughs> but this is what happens. I put those fig leaves on and if any wind comes along, and by wind I mean anything that's even tougher, darker, darker, Any strain, any stress, any tragedy, any pain, any difficulty, any unpredicted problems, especially, now get this one, because this is not really tragedy, but get this one, especially when you, me, when things just didn't go how I planned them to go. But, there's a way out. It's a great question. Who told you that you were naked? Um, the, the, the women's group that meets this Thursday night, that's a, that's a not so subtle plug, goes through things that they call gospel tools. And what they are, they're, they're little mechanisms that you slow down and walk through so that you can identify what's going on and get to Jesus that soothes and calms and relieves the heart. So I'm gonna shift, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip them off Melissa and Leslie have been using this with the ladies, but I'm going to call it for something. I'm going to call it an app for shame. All right, there is an app for your shame, and I want you to be able to. This will give you concrete tools to walk through when you answer this question in your life: Who told you that you were naked? And you come up with shame. This gets us through it. So, what is it? The first one is this: is you have to name your shame. Very, very, very simple right, you ask questions like this, what is it right now? Because you know the, that vague sense during the day where you're ticked off about something or there's anxiety that you don't even know what it's attached to? You slow down and you say, what is making me anxious? When, when is it that I suddenly start to look down on other people and get really grumpy and mean? Like when is like what 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 like what was the catalyst for that? So you name the shame, and that's like a red flag in your life, right? That's the red flag in your life. You name it, you just call it out. Oh, I am angry because they did this. I am anxious because I don't think this is going to happen. So you you name it, you get it out. The second thing we do is we cover the shame. And this is the fig leaf, right? This is what you do. Or what are the solutions that I often come up with when I say, hey, I am anxious, I am angry, I'm I'm getting control freaky, and I think things should go this way, and they're not going this way. What are are my solutions, right? What do I do to cover all of this that's going inside? Or what do I do to soothe it so it just goes away for a while? What do I do to pacify it? And then another good question is, how do they disappear when more pain comes? Like, how do those fig leaves just evaporate because they can't handle what pain and uh, tragedy or difficulty brings to them? And then the third one. And the reason why I selected a sword and a shield is because a shield will block darts, right? Darts, accusations, and the sword is building, it says like in Ephesians, the sword is the word of God, meaning like you and I need to build an arsenal of things that God says when we're yelling at ourselves in self-condemnation, we need an arsenal of things that say, no, I'm gonna replace it with the truth of God that is saying beautiful things over my life. Okay, so here it is. Let's slow down. Let's, let, let, this is me, right? Let's go to the next one. I'm worried that there will not be enough in the future. Right? I have this late night anxiety. I know you guys don't get anxious at night or anything. I know that's probably just me. And what did I tell you like before? Well, I'll just work harder. I'll I'll do more. I will hide myself in my work. Right? I will escape into my phone. And again, that's probably just me. You don't do that. And then what is it? When I am stressed out about all the things that need to get done, what does it turn? It actually turns my head and I start to get really grumpy and judgy about the people that aren't helping me. Do you see that? So it's not just about me. It starts to like splash out on other people too. All right, now this is what I need. It's a replacement, and this is why it's huge, is because a replacement is like the substitutionary atonement of Jesus. It says, this is you, and I am substituting it with something far superior, namely the work of Jesus. So you want the word of God to substitute, not just cover, but substitute all your crazy thoughts. So this is what this does for me. I needed Psalm 90, verse two, he is God. Now you're like, how does that encourage your heart there, buddy? Because you know what? I begin to think that I am God and I'm going to bring it, make it come all about through my work and my effort and do, do, do. I am going to make my future come about because I'm God. And do you want know what Psalm ninety verse 2 tells Tim Lehan? From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So Tim, you're telling us that you have God delusions sometimes? Well, Yeah functionally right by all of what i'm trying to do and bring about and i need psalm 90 verse 2 to say tim he is god and you you you'll never be because everlasting and everlasting all right what else do i need he is with me why do i need this that's psalm 23 language he will walk with me in the valley of death's shadow when all of this pain and difficulty and uh, tragedy and and stress and strain and things not turning out the way I thought, I need to believe that A, he is with me, and check this out, any horrible thing that happens to me is not going to destroy me. I need that. I don't know about you. I need it. (laughs) What else do I need? Oh, Tim, did you know that the work is finished for things that are gonna be restored on the last day. He said that on the cross, it's done. Tim, I need that for myself. I need that for, it's it's truth that replaces my, who told you that you were naked? All right, what else do I need? I need Matthew 11. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Tim, you are making up stuff that you have to do for his pleasure or the pleasure of other people or to bring about renewal and restoration in the world. You're making it up. That's a superior truth. His voice becomes bigger than my puny, insignificant, whiny, annoying, self-condemning voice. I like it when the preacher talks about himself like that. you can use this tool. The other day, I I used this early in the morning. It, it, It was this week. I used it early in the morning. And by lunchtime, my mind and my heart was crazy busy. Like busy meaning not good, looping. And I was like, I need this again. I need to slow down again and just go through something simple. Tim, what is true? What is true? What voice is bigger than my voice? You can use this too. Who told you you we were naked? You did. You did. All right, so how do we get the ability and power to do this? You know there was a tree of life and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? There's another tree and Jesus gets naked. Who told you you were naked? He gets naked on that tree. And every person who partakes of him, right? That tree. Life. Do, do you see what he does? He goes, I'm even going to be the substitute from the trees you messed up. I'm going to get naked on that tree. Isn't that gorgeous? He becomes naked in shame so that you can proclaim the truth of God over your life and have no shame. That's huge. I'm... My, my, my kids, my kids um, use that phrase, um, like, how do you like my fit? It's an apostrophe fit, like, how do you like my outfit? I know, hey, it's their lingo, not mine. Rate my fit. That means, check me out, how do I look? Rate my fit. Try it. <laughs> Please don't, I shouldn't be saying this. but the work of jesus covers us and replaces himself with a blamelessness and you are covered in a fit of white and the only 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 voice that matters is in this entire cosmos is his voice and it says he good she good i don't like it when the preacher uses incorrect grammar You know, when you answer, and when I answer, who told you that you were naked, it places all of the focus on you. But when you see what he has done, it places all of the focus on him. That voice that is louder, better, sweeter, and more peaceful. Let's pray into that. Jesus... uh, uh, um, you know, you know my heart so well. How I yell at myself more than anyone else. I join the accuser in yelling at my own heart. Oh, give me eardrums. to hear your voice that is booming and sweet. But I don't just pray that for myself. I want that for everyone here, my friends. By your power, by your work, by your spirit, would you do that in us? In Jesus' name, amen.